1: This is a more-than-just podcast production.
2: Welcome to SpotCast, Season 4, Episode 7. My name is Tim Mitchell. I am back in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline in Mississauga, Ontario, Canada.
3: Hello there.
2: I'm we back have, too. <laughs> And we have Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington, America. Yeah, there we go. Good. All right, let's Let's uh, let's start by some fact check. i got a few things here. Um, first of all, if you listened to last week's episode, if you were one of the nine or ten people who downloaded the first uh, iteration of it, I have I went back in. I did, you know, I, as you may or may not have figured out by now, that uh, we recorded this outside because Jonathan and I were outside on the farm, and uh, the crickets were in full bloom. So um I went back in and I just do dawned on me, oh why don't I just use some equalization? So I went back in and I EQ'd the mix and uh cut the crickets down considerably. So um yeah, apologies for that if you were the first bunch people to listen to the show. But uh yeah, it's better now.
3: It was atmosphere. It was it was a whole yeah, thing. Atmosphere. It was a whole vibe well, was, there.
2: Well, it was completely different to how I normally mix a show. Like, normally I cut out the stuff when we're not talking about it. In this case, even under Jaime, I had to have crickets going, right? Because otherwise it would have sounded really weird. Anywho, uh, more follow-up here or fact-check here. Dr. Crusher and Mr. Picard. Dr. Picard. No, what's his name? Captain Picard, yeah, Dr. Crusher, I don't have it written down properly. I'll say it again. Dr. Crusher and Captain Picard were supposed to be an item in the first season, and that's what um Kate Big Fadden got a little upset about and that didn't materialize. Um so she was becoming frustrated with the lack of character development and for Dr. Crusher. Also, there were clashes with producers, which led to her being released from her contract. Um, and then diana moldar took over but ironically diana moldar decided that serialized television was not for her and left the show and then so rick berman went back i'm sure there was some fan letters as we surmised her um but rick berman called her back and uh she wasn't convinced until her pal patrick stewart called her and he and cinched the deal for her to come back and play dr beverly crusher and the name of the young lady actress who I couldn't remember is Millicent Simmons. And she steals the show in The Quiet Place, both parts one and two. She plays the daughter of, um, I don't know the name of the character that John Katrinsky and Emily Blunt play, but she's, the, she's their oldest daughter. And um, we, we were talking in, in when Jaime was, uh, Jaime was a bit confused about when it was uh when it came out so I, I dug in a little bit just before the show um it premiered had its worldwide world premiere in new york city in march on march 8th 2020 uh, which was i guess it was the beginning of the pandemic right um there were a lot of postponements due to COVID 19 pandemic and uh, the theatrical release in the united states was may twenty eighth, 2021 so yeah it took a whole year before it was ready to go and then, of course, it became available to stream 45 days later, which is when I saw it on Amazon Prime. And uh, I assume it's on Amazon in the States, too, I mean,
1: No, it's actually on Paramount Plus because we have that okay. here. So they right. you know, use that as one of their crown jewels for the uh, the launch of the oh,
2: I see. renamed yeah. and much larger this CBS is the All Access. CBS, yeah, CBS All Access. Yep. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Um, And it also, interestingly enough, had the biggest opening weekend since the COVID-19 pandemic took place. I don't know, I I would assume that Black Widow beat it, but again, you know, what do I know? And then Jaime has a a bit of follow-up here about his ego and HBO.
1: Yeah, so last time I was rambling about how, you know... When you don't hire Lopez, you end up with problems, as HBO did. And I had the timeline incorrect. I thought it was 2015, but looking back at, um, actually, I was looking at my own LinkedIn that's profile. a long time ago. I said, yeah. "Wait a minute! No, this actually would have been in 2012." So it wasn't six years ago. It was roughly nine years ago that they made this error. So
2: wait, were you? But you were. Were you an iOS developer in
1: 2012? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what job I was doing. You started consulting with iOS, stuff at yeah, Svalum, iPhone, them, four, so. right? What's iPhone
2: that? four was your iPhone four was your first four or first time? iPhone
1: four uh, S was the first one that I owned. So that came out in 2011, okay. along with right. iOS five. So uh, yeah. it was it was early in my iOS development career. That's true, but uh, it wasn't wasn't like that was my first engineering or software development job. So they they should have hired me, but they didn't. They ran through a whole bunch of mess. And I've had trouble for the past <laughs> nine years, so there you go. Let sure. that be word word to the wise.
2: Better hire Lopez. All right, headlines. Jonathan, what do you got for us?
3: Yeah, so let's kick off with some Star Trek stuff. The uh, Some news this week that we're going to get the annual Star Trek Day coming up soon. Uh, it is September 8th, Wednesday, September 8th starting at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time or 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, it says live from the Scribble Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California, hosted by Will Wheaton and Micah Barton. uh, Micah Burton, rather, that's uh, Will Burton's daughter. Mika? Mika. And, Yeah. uh, yeah, so it's featuring a live orchestra Back-to-back in-person conversations with cast members. Uh, yeah, they're gonna talk about Prodigy. They're gonna talk about Deep Space Nine, Discovery, Enterprise, New World, Strange New Worlds, Voyager, Lower Decks, The Legacy Shows, uh, Picard, Next Generation, The Hundredth Birthday of Gene Roddenberry. It's gonna be a whole yeah. a whole shindig. Yeah. Cool. Star Trek Day, are you guys gonna actually tune in live or are you gonna are you gonna Recap. You are gonna check it out. On what socials. time is it
2: on? Like, this like the uh, same with Star Wars Day? I always kind of miss them live. Well, I last, last year, Pitch-
3: Star Trek Day was during the day because I remember having it on in the background yeah, while I was exactly. actually working. Oh, okay. Yeah. This year, it says it's eight thirty. Uh, it's eight thirty our time here in in Toronto. Oh, it's so five thirty Pacific. Five thirty right? Pacific. Is it Is it in California? It is. It's live from Los Angeles. They say. Yeah, and and there's some heavy hitters apparently going there, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're pulling out the big guns, and uh, the speculation online, you know, obviously take it with a grain of salt, but there's speculation that we might see uh, Strange New Worlds trailer, that we right. might see uh, a little bit of Picard season two. Uh, probably, I think we, I think I would put into writing that we're going to get a um, a look at Discovery next season, but yeah, I I think. It'll be interesting to see what they trot out for this one because they are really trying to make this sort of like their, their big deal.
1: Yeah. For me, you know, we've seen stuff for just about everything except uh, Star Trek, strange new worlds. We've seen Zippo for that. So I definitely want to see even the tiniest teaser during that panel is what I'm hoping they'll do.
3: Yeah.
2: When do you two guys put in the new, can you put something about the new villains?
3: Oh, if you're ready to move on to my next item, I'll fill you right in there, Tim.
2: Oh, is that the next one? Yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah, because there are some interesting, interesting new villains. Which yeah,
3: questions. so we got a little bit of a, a, a teaser for that in that they announced uh, two new villains will be uh, beaming up for Star Trek Prodigy. And they pulled out some pretty good talent. They pulled out uh, John Noble. Who uh, people will remember from Fringe, and you'll also remember yeah. he had a, a pretty memorable turn in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, was, who was he? Who was he in Lord of the Rings? He was uh, Denethor. He was the 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 last steward of Gondor, uh, the okay. father
1: of Faramir and Boromir.
3: Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The guy. He's he's got like long silver hair, and he plays this intolerable ass who's you know incredibly mean to his his last living son. Um, and, and as I believe, he lights himself on fire and falls off the cliffs. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers! But he is going to be coming on board. He is playing a. Um, let's see, what does it say here? He's playing the Diviner, which I mean, come on. I'm in just for the name, of the Diviner. But it's a voice,
2: right? Because it's yeah, it's, uh... he's
3: he's just doing a voice. Uh, a ruthless right. tyrant who controls the asteroid of Tars Lamora. The diviner exploits wayward species and will stop at nothing in his hunt for the proto-star ship no matter the cost. And okay. the other person joining the cast is Jimmy Simpson, uh, who's coming aboard as a character named Dreadnought. Jimmy Simpson, of course, uh, probably best known for being on Westworld. He played the the young William on the first couple of years. Of, yeah,
2: and the William is the same ca- character that Ed Harris plays as an old that's
3: right, guy. That's right. That's right. He says he is going to be... Um, the Diviner's deadly robotic enforcer who is heartless and cold. His sole purpose is to keep the Diviner on task and ensure that the Protostar is found. I don't know what the Protostar is. I assume that's the starship we're supposed to be building Prodigy around. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean... That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good uh, little little twosome to add in.
2: Yeah, good sci-fi bonafides type of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we
3: already knew we were getting Cale Mulgrew. We already knew we were getting like Jason Manzucas, We're getting you know some uh, Dee Bradley Baker, who of course has done like so many voices in Star Wars. Um, so it's a good cast. So yeah, I think I think I want to see a better a better trailer from that uh, maybe at, at Star Trek Day. Maybe we'll get a uh, yeah, so, so
2: maybe that's what we're waiting for. It's only a week away from here, right? That's
3: right all right speaking of not knowing anything wait what yeah so on a couple days after we recorded our last episode uh social media kind of caught fire because uh there was a leak of the spider-man uh no way home trailer and it was making the rounds on social people were sharing links sony was playing whack-a-mole for a while there, trying to get people to stop sharing it and stop and taking it down from sites and everything else. So it was kind of a fun thing to watch, the big studio flipping out, trying to control these things. Uh, I'd like to point out, these things don't happen to Disney, they just happen to Sony. It uh, it was a fun day of just watching them do so don't this. Don't forget to
2: change your PlayStation password, folks, is what he's saying. <laughs> That's
3: right. <laughs> they uh, they played whack-a-mole for a whole day and then, I guess, gave up because the next day we got our first look at the long-awaited teaser trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, both of you gentlemen have had a chance to see this. I have, indeed. And yeah. what are your takeaways from from our first look
2: well, so it's interesting because, you know, I remember talking to my friend, Ken, we used to go see all the Star or the Spider-Man movies when they first came out and I'm not a huge Doc Oct- Octopus fan and there's the Doc Octopus hardware that shows up at one point in the scene because uh, Doc Octopus was in a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, was Spider-Man 2, yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was an inter- interesting plot, but I, I like the whole, uh, cause, and you know, uh, uh Jake, um, what's his name? Hall, he spills the beans about Spider-Man at the end of the last movie, right?
3: Yeah, it looks like it picks up pretty much where it left off yeah. it, with the world now knowing that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and him having to deal with the rather massive consequences of being outed.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, and, and they're sort of playing it up like you would play today where, you know, social media would be all over him and, and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And um, I, I don't remember, I can't remember, does do, Does Perry White ever find out that he, I mean, he must obviously find out in the comic books, right? In the comics, he or does, yes. yes. Yeah. So, of course, you know, his solution is to go to, and I don't think it's a spoiler at all because right in the trailer, is to go to um, Doctor Strange to have him do the timey-wimey thing. So I mean, yeah, from that point of view, it's got the timey-wimey factor, which, as you know, is a thing I like a lot. And um, yeah, and as as the 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 wheels are turning and and the you know spell has been cast, he he realizes, wait, you mean nobody will know I'm Spider Man? And uh, yeah, and then Doctor Strange says, you can't you can't decide now. Like you, it's either it's all or nothing. It's it's very binary in a Marvel world, which sounds very strange to me because nothing's binary in a Marvel world, as we're finding out with What If, right? Yep. Um, so that, it's an interesting interesting twist to see where they're going to take that with, with, well, will he even know he's Spider-Man? <laughs> you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yeah, and it looks like in in getting this spell confounded, it looks like they open up the, the gateway to the multiverse because right. the outcome of that is that we, in this teaser trailer, not only do we get to see uh Doc Ock's legs later in the trailer, we actually see uh the actor um whose name I Alfred assume. Molina. Thank you. I, I knew you were gonna have it, Jaime. I knew you'd have my back. Uh yeah, we saw Alfred Molina looking a little older, but pretty good, and and popping up saying hello, Peter. Uh we also, if you if you watch that trailer a few times or freeze frame as you go through it, there are hints that it's not just him, that it's many members. Uh, at one point we see a green goblin bomb landing on the ground. Uh, there's certainly some parts where electricity is in play. Uh, you know, there, I've seen some people pointing to quote unquote evidence that you can also see the lizard, uh, and you know, hints of that. I'm not sure I believe that one, but I, I don't dispute that he might be in the movie. I just didn't see it in the trailer, but it seems like there's a whole host of Spider-Man villains maybe all of the Spider-Man villains from the original uh, Tobey Maguire films and the subsequent Mm. Amazing Spider-Man films all coming back at once because we also know that uh, the the casting Grapevine has revealed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back as well. Oh, really? Okay, cool. So it seems like they're basically canonizing those three movies as part of the multiverse, as part of this, And, and also crossing that over um all right Jaime. i want to hear your thoughts and then i i have a theory that i would like to float to you two gentlemen so so let's let's hear what i want to hear what you have to say about this one
1: the thing besides being excited because it's kind of a live action into the spider-verse kind mm-hmm. of concept right yeah besides that i'm confused by one thing in terms of the overall marvel sort of what are they doing with all the movies because like, i think it's a while before we get The Multiverse of Madness sequel for uh, Doctor Strange, and it looks like from the trailer, he very clearly is the he and Peter clearly the reason why the Multiverse of Madness even occurs and things move across. So I'm kind of interested to see like oh if clearly they're not going to resolve the problem here within this movie. So I wonder how this ties into uh, that upcoming movie and how it ties into the the what if content from Disney Plus as well as uh, Loki's take on uh, the multiverse. So, very interested to see this ride, but a little confused that I was like, oh, wait, I, I thought that would happen a little later, you know?
3: Well, coincidentally, Spider-Man No Way Home comes out on December 17th, 2021. The next movie that's coming out is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming in March.
1: Oh, I see. I thought there was a bigger gap there. I thought nope. there was a couple movies in between. No, nope. so.
3: I, th- I think okay. that they're piggybacking. I think that's the the concept. They're They're not actual sequels, but I think there's some spiritual sequeling there. Mm. Um, Okay, so here's my thought in this. As I was looking through this, going, okay, so they're clearly bringing the whole band back together, and I think your uh, analogy of uh, Into the Spider-Verse is is perfect, Jaime. So, at the end of this movie, is there any way we don't see Miles Morales? Or somewhere in this movie? They have to introduce him into the MCU. They have to. Oh, yeah, They have to. He is just... Perfect twenty twenties Marvel character. He's biracial. He's young. He's got a cool costume and cool powers. He's become really popular thanks to that animated movie, as well as being one of the stars of the Spider-Man PlayStation video game. His comics are hot. I just don't see how they don't use this as a as a springboard for that. And if they don't, I think they're making a huge mistake. Yeah, that, that that's.
1: I, I have to imagine that even if it's not specific to this movie, this movie and the Doctor Strange movie will give them an excuse to introduce the character.
3: And, and even beyond uh, Miles, I should definitely say as well, I, I'd be surprised if they didn't introduce Spider-Gwen too. The, the same character, the, the, the Gwen Stacy character, who is the, uh, is the, the white uh, Spider-Man in, uh, into the Spider-Verse. Because she, again, is a very popular character right now. Young, woman, cool it seems like a slam dunk that to bring these characters in and if you're going to do this kind of thing you've opened the door right where does that put tom holland though i mean like- well that's the other question i mean we're we're now to the end this will be sort of the end of the trilogy you know right obviously marvel has shown with thor love and thunder coming next year that they're not object to doing more projects with the people that they work with so if there's more story to tell and he likes playing the part and they like him in the part they can keep bringing him back but again, there's no reason why they couldn't introduce more characters and spin them off into their own movies, too. You know? Right. You could there's no reason why you couldn't have, you know, Tom Holland playing Peter Parker Spider-Man and have a different movie that stars, you know, a young person playing Miles Morales or or Gwen Stacy or or anything else. But I wonder, I wonder if this is if this is the end of Peter Parker's story. You know, you could, you know. There is no reason why you couldn't write it in such a way that you know Peter gets his life back and decides he wants to sort of you know take some take a break, take it's some time true. off, yeah. and the world needs a new Spider-Man, and the next Spider-Man movie is with Miles or what? Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm excited though. I did like it was fun seeing Tom Holland be Spider-Man again, and then and Zendaya yeah. as as Mary Jane, and and Benedict Cumberbatch as as Doctor Strange, and it was. It reminded me of how much, I, how much affection I had for that character and those characters, and and how much, as much as it's been, you know, uh, you know Black Widow was a good movie, I enjoyed it. The next two are Shang-Chi and um, The Eternals, which I'm looking forward to, but probably not like, you know, knocking the door down, because they are new characters. I'm sure I'll enjoy them, and I'm sure I'll invest with them. But so far, obviously, it's not like, oh, I can't wait for, it's just like, cool. But Spider-Man is something we've grown attached to. Tom Holland's take on the character particular has been so much fun. I right, yeah. yep. saw that trailer and I was instantly like, oh, I love this kid. I totally want to see this movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. All right. So in other movie news, we've got a Black Canary movie coming at us uh, on HBO Max. And Journey Smollett is going to be reprising her role from the Harley Quinn and the birds of prey depending on who you ask different title insert different title here film from a couple of years ago uh
2: was that a canary in that movie i'm sorry was that a character in the, in the in those movies? it
3: was she was the one who oh. sang at the nightclub and was a martial artist and then uh yeah she's um she's getting her own spin-off movie so okay it uh Oh, but this is a DC universe, so I really don't really know. It is or, the DC universe. It don't it, have it,
2: much hope for it. Yeah.
3: You know, again, I, I thought she was fine. Like the movie was pretty unremarkable. It was, it was fine.
2: Have we, have we seen the second Suicide Squad yet? I think Jaime has. You
3: and I don't. Yeah, I know. He have does. no availability yeah. to watch it. Sort of going right. to a movie theater, which is not happening. Right, right. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh I don't know how to feel about this one. I'm not. I can't say I'm excited. I mean, I thought she was fine. I thought that that movie was fine. I didn't think it was enough to inspire spinoffs, but Hmm. I do think that having more uh, Black Leads in movies is really good, so I'm down with that, but I don't know. Hopefully they do a better job with that one than they did with the Harley Quinn movie.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with the character. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know that I've ever seen Black Canary as... Uh, like a main character, so I don't have a good sense of the character. Like, I usually seen them, uh, you know, with, with teams, with uh, paired up with somebody. So it's not a character that I'm uh, quite as familiar with, but, you know, that's kind of the fun of what they're doing here, right? Be able to do mm-hmm. some of the things that are a little bit um, not in the mainstream.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nice that they're doing that. I just, I wonder if I there's enough there there to do something with. I, I've read a... A, a large number of Black Canary stories over the years in comics, and I find her to be a really interesting character. I can't say I love what they've done with the character on the Arrow show. Uh, I thought that she was, again, she was just perfectly adequate in her role as uh, in the Harley Quinn movie, but it was nothing where I was like, oh, she was a breakout star. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. But yeah, I think hopefully they're gonna do something more with that character.
2: Right. We
3: got the uh, the first photos
1: of the cast of the Cowboy Bebop live adaptation for Netflix so this is based on the uh, beloved Cowboy Bebop anime uh, and it's got a live action adaptation coming out on November 19th so it's got uh, John Cho who folks probably remember from at the very least the uh, Star Trek JJ um, Abrams series of movies that's Castle not
3: movies. where they remember him from come on <laughs> well
1: it really depends because it, it's so hard because you know, he was also in um, gosh what was it investigating uh, what was that movie where he was trying to figure out the mystery mm.
2: I, he was trying oh, to figure yeah, out what yeah. did you get how to find wet wet castle if i remember correctly. <laughs> there's harold and kumar i mean it, it it's so hard to know like because he's been surprisingly
1: around for a while right i think of him as like mm-hmm. oh he's like a relatively new guy's like no yeah was big- it called searching the- was it searching i think it was something like searching yeah, yeah yeah
3: but yeah i mean i think i think his biggest claim to fame is being uh harold from harold and kumar Wait, Sulu on Star Trek? No, what are you talking no, about? No, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he's probably mainstream wide. Although, yeah, he was on, um, you know, he was in the American Pie movies. He's been in all kinds of stuff. He's just, was he? Oh, he okay. is He is uh, one of those sort of everywhere actors. Um, and he's almost oh. always good. So I think that bodes slightly well for the Catholic stuff.
2: And now for the Academy Award for almost, all- almost, almost Always Good. Here the nominees are. All right, carry on.
1: Beyond that, uh, Netflix is coming out with their uh an event. So similar to the way we've right. talked about, you know, the Star Wars days and the Star Trek day we talked about in this very episode, they've got a three-hour event show where they're going to cover, uh, you know, a bunch of shows and movies and stuff that's coming up. So that is, when, when are they doing? Starts at 12 p.m. Eastern on September 25th. So that'll be, uh, you know, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can do the math for your own time zone if you're not one of those two.
3: Mm. All right. So so, so on a level of 0 to 10, how invested are you in a live-action Cowboy Bebop starring John Cho?
1: Hmm. I don't know. It, it's so hard to outdo what the anime done, it did. It, it's so classic. Um, however, it has admittedly been decades since I've seen it. So maybe I'm open to see what uh, a slightly different interpretation might be so is this on a one to ten yeah, I'm probably yeah. I'm like a high six or a seven I think Ooh, wow that's <laughs> like exactly. a watch but I don't know I'm like oh my god I'm gonna see it like first weekend I'm like yeah I'm definitely gonna add that to the, the watch list
3: yeah I feel like I shouldn't actually watch the original before I do this but I don't know maybe yeah
2: maybe yeah yeah I have no frame of reference myself so
3: Matrix Four. So we knew this movie was coming. We knew that it was happening. Oh, this is this is the daughter of the Wachowski. No, it is not. This so. is uh, so. As you will recall from a previous episode, both of the uh, siblings, the Wachowski siblings, have uh, transitioned. They are both women now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So okay. this is uh, one of them. Only one, not both. Right. Uh, so we knew that we were getting a. Matrix 4, and that's what we've been calling it all along, is Matrix 4, but we now have mm-hmm. a name. The name is The Matrix Resurrections, which I suppose makes sense okay. because they would have to be Resurrections to have Neo and Trinity and Keanu Reeves and uh, uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Moss because they both died. I am curious to see how they unfold that one. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I guess that, I guess that's all I have to say is, I guess it makes sense that they're going to call it that. I'm glad that we now know uh, what to call it. I wonder, I wonder, as I look through this, this article on deadline, they say that they've unveiled a trailer at the CinemaCon uh, event last week. And oh, so we haven't seen the trailer. They really haven't yet. dropped a trailer for the public. They only played it for oh, right. uh, distributors and, and uh, insiders. insiders. Yeah. So I wonder if that means that we're going to see that either leak out or we're going to see that come out in the next week or two.
2: Is it coming from Sony, maybe? <laughs> no,
1: this is Warner <laughs> Brothers. This is Warner <laughs>
3: Brothers. Who's uh, Sony espionage agents. <laughs> <laughs> trying to ruin the fun chances
2: are we probably won't get a trailer anytime soon is what i'm saying
3: yeah i don't know i think uh, i I, you know i think that it'll be interesting to see what the timing is now that this has come out that way but i'm curious given the little description they've got here on deadline as well as you know again we knew that they were bringing back some but not all of the cast from previous iterations why we're not bringing back morpheus i do not know but hopefully that will be Mm. made
2: clear well, didn't he put on like a ton of weight?
3: Well, I mean, if you saw him in the John Wick films, the answer is yes. Well, not that Larry like Fishburne's ever he in been blackish. Is he in blackish too? Yeah, I believe he is. But again, not yeah. that Larry Fishburne's ever been a small guy. But yes, he's he's definitely um, not he's in kung like fu, in fu fighting shape. Yes.
2: Something or other. Yeah,
3: yeah. But still, I think it will be interesting to see this movie play out. Obviously, it's centered around the love story between uh, Neo and Trinity. So will be right. interesting to see how they bring them back to life and
2: well the architect did sort of explain that in the movie that you know he keeps coming back again and again and again but then the like whole point of neo sacrificing
3: himself is that he's changing the cycle he's he's right. changing it so that it's well, not the same. i guess it
2: didn't work I, did it. yeah really they restored him from backup. <laughs> that's
3: that's right
2: <laughs> all right cool that's right folks always back up your neo i mean your data um and honey, one more, some good news from Disney. Good news. Yay. Good news. Yeah. They're continuing
1: their pattern that they've established with, uh, what have they done? Uh, Mulan went through this. I think, um, we know that black widow would do this, the same thing in like a month or two when they launch the, you know, it streams, you know, like as if it was in theaters, but launches on Disney plus with the premium pricing of $30 us, you eventually just have it for free. As a regular Disney Plus member, and uh, Cruella is free as of yesterday, since we're recording on a Saturday here. So August twenty seventh, which I believe is roughly three months after it released in uh, on Disney Plus,
2: which is yesterday as we record.
1: Yeah, yeah. So cool to see that if you we just wait it out and pay your uh, seven ninety nine a month for other stuff like. uh
2: So we could stop the podcast now and go watch Cruella. What you're saying,
1: yeah, for, for effectively free since we're already subscribing for lower decks, right?
2: Right, yeah, mm. no, lower decks is not sorry, not much. lower
1: decks. Uh, we, we were doing what if um, what if well, I was doing, yes, what if, what if yeah. and before yeah. that, uh, bad batch. Sorry, see, it's it's so hard to remember where these things are, um, especially since a lot of the TV, the smart TV platforms, uh, whether it's a mm. uh, actual smart TV or the you know, the various streaming boxes are kind of trying to blur the lines of like you just find the content and it links you to the Ooh. correct account but good, cool. good good catch on the correction that it's always good to avoid fact checks in the future you're
2: yeah, having to do fact checks yeah it's horrible well we got into that part of the show where we talk about star trek lord Decks, and as humphrey bogart said to lauren mccall we'll always have tom paris is the episode, season two, episode three, and I'm doing the rundown, and I have way too many notes, so buckle up, folks. <laughs> All right, so we start the show, Ransom is welcoming Boimler to the, to the Cerritos, and uh, he mentions, you know, offhandedly that they have tightened up the security protocols. And if you have a problem, just flag Mr. Phillips, you know, the, the suck-up guy that's always following him around. So Boimler walks up to the uh, replicator and asks, Papusa hot, and uh, the, the computer responds, user not recognized. And, um, you know, of course, the annoying Andorian Jennifer, I think it's her name, right, mm-hmm. um, yells at him, can you hurry up? So he's all stressed out about not being able to get this. And I, I just want to take a side note here for a second. Like, I think we've all worked in enterprise. Jonathan, you work kind of an enterprise thing. I work in an enterprise thing. I mean, you may have worked in enterprise at some point. Mm-hmm. But when your credentials don't get authorized, it's a pain in the butt. Yes. Because it can't do nothing, which is the, the the running joke, running gag throughout this whole show for the for the Boimler, Boimler character. Anyway, so Tendy is sitting there with Rutherford, and she's rushing through her meal, and he's, like, asking her why, and, you know. And she says, well, I, I got to get back and back up to medical and get back to work because, you know, I got to – and he's like, are you trying to compete with Ensign Escher? Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, don't worry about her. She got lucky, you know. Like, she cured the, the captain's trillium syndrome. She just happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right hypospray. You know anyway mariner comes up and says hey what up we doing some sci-fi stuff today and and tendy says no no i gotta go kick some medical butt um and then as the you know uh, tendy's running away uh, rutherford notices the back of what appears to be shacks who we all know died in the last episode of a uh, season so he's all freaked out about that and of course shacks orders a hot dog with spicy kiwi on it and um he says to Mariner, are you seeing this? He goes, yeah, who messes with ketchup? Like? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was, that anyway, was, what so, was wrong with that scene? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he was totally, she he's totally freaked out about, about uh, that. So that's the setup for, for Rutherford's journey in this episode. Um, and he's like, you know, w- will he tell me how he came back? And Mariner's like, nope, they never tell us, you know? Anyway, Boimler finally gets some, some food from the replicator after he pleads and pleads. And they, it serves him a bonsai treat. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we cut to the titles. Or the the doctor, Ta- Anna, calls Tendi in to, to, you know, since she's the lowest, you know, ensign who will ask the least amounts of questions to, count, to go and pick up something for her. And uh, it's a family heirloom, so please keep it quiet, but just go off to Quaylar, too, and get it for me. And um, so Boimler's all excited because he gets to meet Tom Paris and get his plate signed. And uh, he has plates from all the character, all the bridge crew on uh, on the Voy, which is short for Voyager. The Voy, yes, the Voy, yeah, Voy. Um, and he's got plates from from all the way from Janeway to Kim. And uh, so you know, and Mariner says, this, I, "I I vaguely remember this episode, but Mariner, Jaime is the big Voy Voy expert here, I should say." Um, he says, "She he still a salamander?'" <laughs> so apparently that he's he was. Like there wasn't uh, they basically devolved or something like that on one episode of, of voy um voyager for those of you driving at home or transporting at home, but voy um as and as uh, Mariner says, you know it save saves so much time to just say mo voy right anyway, so they're talking about bridge crew coming back with Rutherford and uh you know he's like they're like, they're always coming back, and you know' he goes, well will they tell us why he goes, no, they never tell us that we don't need to know how. And uh, he says, they don't like it when we ask how. And he goes, well, what could it possibly be? And of course, this is the best sort of throwback to just about every bridge crew gets messed up and recovers within 40 minutes of an episode. So they reply to him, it could be a transporter pattern buffer thing or a mirror universe switcheroo, or he got restored or restored Katra or the Borg rebuilt him, or son, he's a son from an alternate timeline or he got Genesis devised uh, or he got time rifted or trapped in the Nexus. And to which Boimler says time, time, Nexus, time, ribbon, time, same thing. Or time ribbon, sorry, Nexus, time ribbon, same thing. My model correct, messed up my typing here, um, which we've all suffered from. Anyway, so yeah, a lot of stuff happens on Voy. Mariner says, right? Anyway, especially on Void, um, or even on Voy, I guess she says. Uh, so, uh...
3: Oh, Rutherford and Tendy. Rutherford can't let his uh, obsession with Shaq's.
2: Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let his obsession go. Anyway, so so of course Boimler, you know, he starts running out of the, out of the, the room that they're in, and Boimler decides he has to go meet Tom Paris and smashes into the door because the door he's get not authorized to go through the door, uh, and then you know, Marin says, oh, well, they beefed up the ta- the security because of the paculate attacks, which you remember was the, the the villain last week against the Titan." Um, but quick question, just the, the, pack letter, are those the incompetent scrappers that were yep. in Voi, I think it was, or was it uh, TNG, TNG, anyway, uh, and she basically says, you're probably not in the system. And he's like, I am in the system, you know, which is again, this enterprise thing. If your account credentials aren't set up, you can't, you know, if you're not in the right active directory, you can't get the door to open for you or get the replicator <laughs> to feed you. It's always, it's always a windows problem, folks, just make that, make note of that. So Tendy uh Tendi comes in and says, "You know uh, that you know Mariner, Mariner, hey, we can go on a trip together i can I can take you with me, and so they yeah, girls trip and and they've realized they've never actually been on an a way mission, so it's kind of interesting, well, they do talk about it in a minute, the fact that that they've put Tendy and Mariner together where they usually it's usually Tendy and Rutherford and Mariner and Boimler, which comes back again too." so anyway so as as you know um Beimler's burning into another wall jet comes up and says hey you want me to help you with that i can carry you across the doorway and he goes You must maybe you're not in the system kind of thing right so Boimler set takes you know things into his own hand decides he's going to jump into a jeffrey's tube and climb up the 200 plus rungs to the bridge so good luck to him there so we go back over to Quailar 2 where tendy and mariner are landing their ship and um they're like, you know, it's a glaring omission that we haven't paired up before. So I, sh- I shot at the writers, I guess. Marner's like, you're already starting to think beyond the, the mission to say, hey, we can get any form of drink we want in the form of a slushie. So let's <laughs> drink five slushies. And as they're waiting uh, for the uh, Kate, Katian to go and get the, the box that, or the, the, the heirloom that um, Ta'ana sent them to get, um, he's listening to Klingon acid punk music. And of course, Tendi tur- turns out, that she's a huge fan of K- klingon acid punk music and uh of course especially when it's sung by disgraced klingons lamenting on stage live <laughs> right so they bring out a, he brings out a big wooden crate and uh it's like in the side like it's the size of a coffin are a little bit bigger and uh so the two of them you know like put it on the they struggle to get it up onto the shuttle shuttle uh, craft and uh mariner's dying to know what it is so she, she says, oh let's open it and find out what it is and turns out it's a wooden statue and it's all it's like a looks like a cat or a cation i guess it's all scratched up and beaten up it's a wooden totem as it were and uh, tendi or yeah, tendi explains that it's a caitian libido post you know and and then they realize oh they've been they've been handling it and they're they're all grossed out by that so they you know and of course tendi explains like like vulcan Ponfar, far the, the caitians have to have you have to be intimate intimate once a year or their hormones make them crazy and, and I did mention earlier that that uh, Dr. Tana is all stressed out and scratching herself, and you know, obviously stressed out about something. Anyway, they end up dropping the 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 uh, totem, and it breaks into half. The head falls off, and Teddy's all freaked out because she's going to get fired. Um, and then Mariner starts breaking into some more exposition where she's, you know, she was on DS Nine, broke works worse bat left and got it repaired so we can go she, there's a fixer on Boinshell we can go and get who can fix anything so and she also reveals that she was on five ships before which she never revealed to uh, Mar- Mariner and we flash back over to the, enterpr- the enterpri- or Enterprise <laughs> flash back over to the Cerritos and Shax walks into engineering, talks to the engineering dude I can't remember his name but uh, the head of Billups, engineering. Billups. Yep. yeah maybe maybe you, see, you know so you want to play racquetball after you know after the Paris thing's over and, and he's like, are you sure you can do that? You know, goes, doesn't like coming back from the, you know, where you were, doesn't it cut, you know, give you a lot of grief. And, uh, his dad yeah, did take that place to take a bit, a, a lot out of me, but I still have my killer served. And, so. <laughs> and then of course, you know, Rutherford's just chomping at the bit. He's dying to ask, uh, what's going on. And, uh, but, but it, Lieutenant Junior Grade Cody jumps the gun and asks, "You know, Shax, how did you come back to life?" And the entire Enterprise or engineering crew, the entire engineering crew gasps at the same time, and Shax and starts crying. Bill, Bill yells at him, "You're out of the line! Report immediately to your supervisor for reassignment." And and of course, you know, then they turn to to Rutherford and like, "What did you want to ask us?" He's like, uh, "How do you hit a racket ball with a racket? With a racket? Yeah, with a racket." Anyway, so they end up on Starbase Earhearts, uh, where Mariner goes to to see her repair dude and he's like, For you, Mariner, double the price. Fifty strips of Latinum. And uh so they decide she decides she's gonna hustle some some money from one of the, the some you know people there or creatures that are there. So she finds a bunch of nosicans and decides to play them pool. I can't remember what the name of that pool thing is, oh, it's but it's been on job. a few. Dumb dumb okay, yeah, I've got it dumb here, I've got it written down. Um, so they, she basically gets to the point where they're down to like the final shot and, and, uh, the Tellerite says to them, you know, stop breaking up my place and no fighting. We just got this place cleaned up. And so he says, you can play with proxies if you're not that uh, way. And then, so, you know, Mariner's uh, proxy obviously is Tendy, and she asks her to bend the rules and, uh, her, uh, Tendy gets all offended because, you know, she's not that kind of Orion and so on and so forth. Anyway, she, she does manage to get the shot, um, makes the shot. This is a little bit of kerfuffle. I think it may have been Mariner and the, the main Nausicaan that, that caused her to get it to go in the hole. Um, they're all yelling dumb jot, dumb jot, which I guess is the name of the game. And, um, so the big Nosigen is, is still upset that they cheated, and he smashes his fist down on top of the the uh, totem's head and per- splinters it into more pieces. So you know, which you know, we just we see Tendy just before the commercial break going no. Come back to Boimler, who's still in the in the uh, Jeffrey's tubes, walking over the, by the static buffer, static diffusers. He's like, no one would you know purge the static array this time. This time anyway. So, but we go to the bridge and we see Tom. Tom Paris walk into the bridge and he gets welcomed by the bridge crew. And uh, he's like, hey, do you mind if I take it for a whirl? And I heard these, these I forget what he says, C, not Cerrito, but he says uh, whatever class ship they are, are pretty cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just don't send us into the Delta Quadrant, you know? So um, anyway, so the, the tubes heat up and, and uh, Mar- Boimler's about to get fried, but he jumps into behind a panel and he, you know, screams at the computer to shut down and, and the computer says, user, not authorized. At which point he says, you don't need authorization in an emergency. Anyway, so his plate ends up getting left behind in the tube and he picks it up and it's, it's super heated, So he kind of burns himself. And uh, we've come back to Mariner and Tendi in the shuttle bay and she's like, I don't get to make mistakes. I don't get to, be, you know, I'm going to get fired and all this kind of stuff. Um, and she said, it, the, This is the best line in the entire show, I thought. She says, Most people think, have a stigma about Orions. You think we're thieves or pirates. Hey, wait a minute. My cousin works in a thieves' den on the pirate bay. <laughs> <laughs> so he may be able to help us out. Uh, as long as they're not, as long as you're not bothered by the, the optics, Mariner says, you know, uh, we can do that. So, um, they, they realize that they, they would kill, uh, um, Mariner just for being human, if she went into the pirate bay. So they, she decides to to spray her with a spray that turns Mariner into green. And she's like, oh, cool. Um, so Rutherford is still running around the ship. He's, he's got to know. He's got to know what's going on. And, uh, so back over on the, on the planet, they just land. And she's like, you know, how do I, how do I like make him look like I'm not a human, you know? And she's kind of embarrassed by the the dress they're wearing. And they're both dressed like, you know, um, Orion women sort of things. And, um, uh, she says, just talk like a pirate, and so of course you know Mariner's like, hey, matey, how's it going there, and all that kind of stuff, and the guy's like, why are you talking like that? Uh, uh, allergies, anyway. So they they finally see the cousin who's uh, recognized as Tendy, and and of course you know Mariner's all uh, uh excited because he's he's hot and he's built, you know, really muscular and that kind of stuff because he's he's like a blacksmith type dude, right? um and she's like i'm always dating bad guys you know that and of course they don't know each other apparently so this is the part of the whole uh trip together she has she has,
3: I, she has a thing for bad boys bad binars all the bad yeah. things
2: yeah all the bad things all the bad different kind of relationships you could have as long as they're bad um so anyway she walks up to her cousin and he he's like what are you doing here blah 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 and she kicks him and and uh yells at him just dude you know you need to fix this right away and and she's Mariner's like, whoa, dude, what, what's this all about? She goes, this just just the way it has to be, like you know, kind of thing. And he calls her the mistress of the winter constellations, which you know, Mariner's like, what is that name about? And she goes, oh, it's a name I lost, left behind long ago. And um, anyway, so Mariner's start, uh, makeup starts to fade, and or the green effect starts to fade, and uh, you know, the cousin notices it, and he's like, she's and Tindy's like, shut up, and kicks him again, and and. Uh, he goes. He calls her Devana, which you know. Um, Mariner's like, "Oh, I didn't know. What's this other name you have?" And it turns out it's her. It's my first name. And you know, she's. Oh, I thought you were like Tendi, like a single word, like you know Odo, and Beckett. She says, he calls her Beckett. <laughs> so she <laughs> like in, like showing that she knows that. Anyway, so the or- Orions notice that she's got false green on, and they start attacking them. Uh, meanwhile, we flash back over smash cut as Jaime would say over to Boimler, who's still stuck in the tubes. And uh, he's he gets trapped by the computer because he's not author, authorized to travel through. And the plate, on Tom Harris on the plate starts talking to him and coaching him. And, you know, you're Brad Boiler, you know, to open a panel and figure it out. Because, you know, another trope on Star Trek is anytime they have a problem, you just open a panel and start poking around and they solve whatever the problem is, right? So anyway, so so Tendi and, and Merner are, are running through the lies and they climbing up these elevator shafts cables and um they something bumps them and and uh Mariner starts to drop her her half of the totem which is wrapped up and uh so Tendy has a choice between saving um the package or saving Mariner mariner's like eh, take the package I'll you know get on with your mission whatever and so Tendy ends up dropping the the package to knock all the the chasing orions off and then they, they get up there and are so now they have to figure out how to explain to dr Tiana but Oh, they've completely messed up. Boymer's still stuck in the Jeffrey tubes and uh oh no. Uh yeah, she drops the package and skip ahead to Rutherford, finally meets Shax in the lift. And he says, Hey baby there, what's going on? And uh, as Shax loves to call him and um you know, he's he says, I gotta know, like why 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 can't you tell us, you know, what's going what goes on, like why are you guys and bridge crew are able to return he goes we're not you know it's not some secret or whatever. we're trying to spare you from the dark truths and he starts telling him about the black mountain and his voice fades over time so as he's doing as he's telling him about these horrors that these these uh dead uh, bridge crew go through you know um rutherford's getting his eyes are getting wider and wider and he's freaking out right so anyway um so Boimler ends up, because of all the, the, the heat, superheating and that kind of stuff, his skin turns all red. He ends up looking like a Kazon. Um, but, of course, you know, when he's, he's freaking out about the, what's going on, he can't figure out what's, what's – and he, he tries to take it out on the plate, and he sh- jams the plate against the, into the circuits in the panel, and that solves the problem. So go figure.
3: Oh Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. I had the yeah. perfect line for this. I channeled yeah. my inner Jaime Lopez for this one. Okay. The plate escape.
2: The plate escape. <laughs> The famous plate escape, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like
3: the greatest game, it's the
2: plate escape. Come on, plate escape. Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, so Boimler falls onto the bridge and looking like a kazon, of course. And so Paris, you know, immediately recognizes him as a kazon and starts beating him up on the bridge. Um, anyway, so and Boilmur, uh, Mariner's uh, talking about how she never really opens up to Tendi, and she says because you know people get promoted and they have to leave. And anyway, so they decide to to go into. Um, how are they going to cover up the, the thing? She says, I'll just tell Dr. Anna to Anna that I smashed it up and, and you know, I'm really sorry and, you know, I'll take whatever consequences. And and uh, Mariner says, you know, two things. One, that's a great, you know, you're a great person and all that kind of stuff. But two, your plan sucks. So she jumps into the, to the control panel on the, the shuttle and yells out ramming speed and starts ramming towards the... The Cerritos at full speed, of course, she just bounces off the shields like like a fly, right? Um, but at least they have the ruse that they, they smashed, the, the totem got smashed in the crash, right? And she starts yelling about how a bee got into the shuttle, and, you know, of course, uh, Ransom's like, how can a bee get in into the shuttle in space, you know, kind of thing. But Sixter's or, and of course, he's going to send her to the brig, of course, which is, you know, how we usually end up with, with Mariner at the end of the show. Um, and then the best part, of course, is, you know, Tiana, who's, I guess they're, they're evolved from cats or cats, um, feline species. Uh, she doesn't care about the contents of the box. She just wants the box. So she, you know, throws the stuff aside and jumps into the box and has a good old time. Um, and then, um, so Boimler, if he only gets back, he comes into the, into the brick area where Tendy and, and, uh is trading stories, and uh, Boyler's got a black eye from Paris, and he's excited about having a black eye from Paris. And of course, you know, Mariner says, "Did you get your bowl signed by Chicote or whatever?" <laughs> um, and uh, finally, he decides he's going to. He tries, decides to leave the 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 brig area, and he walks into the into what looks like a door. Um, and of course, you know, he can't. He's like, "Not again!" I can't get through the door. And then Tendy says, "That's actually a wall with a seam." So, um, and then you know Rutherford. Uh, they ask Rutherford about the uh, thing. He's he's like cuddling himself in in silence there, and he won't tell him about you know the horrors that he heard about. And and of course, we end with a, a Klingon acid rock ballad about a Klingon who eats his own hand. And that's how we
3: fade out the black. End of show. We're here. Right. Yeah, huh? you're in shock. <laughs> that was a very thorough recap, sir. Well done. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, it's great. Uh, well, a couple of quick thoughts. So, uh, one Robert Duncan McNeil back as Tom Paris. kind of fun, kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, this was apparently the 800th episode of Trek all in really across all the different shows over the years, 800 episodes. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was fun. I thought the, the changing the dynamics up were really fun. I thought, you know, uh, Boimler's, you know, B-plot and, and Rutherford's C-plot were really funny. The whole, I just love that Shax just came back and just like showed up in the in yeah, the commissary. Complete Star Wars trope, right? Oh, Star Trek trope. Star Trek trope for sure. Just yeah. like, oh yeah, of course, this is back to life. And they start listing all the ways that you can come back because yeah. it clearly happened like 25 times.
2: Well, actually, they do cover it late, and there is a flashback scene where you see, you see Shaq or Rutherford imagining Shax as a Borg or it coming in a Dyson sphere and all that kind of stuff, too, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the, as the multiverse version of him coming from the, the dark dimension or the, the dark universe and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was funny. I like this one. I, I, I made me laugh consistently through. Um, mm-hmm. I like it when they sort of give everybody a little something to do. It's not just, you know, the. the you know, Focused on one or two characters, so it's. Uh, I thought this was a good well, one. Well,
2: even this, this, the 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 B characters, Jet and uh, and Jennifer, we're going to call her, uh, have their their. Um, yeah, their moments. Yeah, the moments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, you know, I don't know if we've ever covered this, but did you notice that, that Jet's name is Manhandler? I think Jet Manhandler. Yeah. No, no I didn't notice that one. No, I yeah, must yeah, have missed yeah. that one. I had it in my notes. So I was going to bring it up. <laughs>
3: I mean, it seems appropriate. I love... I I was thinking about this. So I'm going to pull us back at the end of this to last week's episode. Something occurred to me after we we did our recording. And it it occurred to me today because uh, my son was going to watch episodes two and three. And it occurred to me I was Mm -hmm. going to have to explain something about episode two. But in this one, too, it is starting to occur to me that this season in particular... Last season was broad comedy. This Mm -hmm. season's broad comedy to but you kind of have to have a Trek foundation for some of the comedy to work. Yes. Right. And it, so the reason I'm pulling this back to episode two is because I was thinking, Oh, my son's going to watch this episode. He has not watched the episode of TNG yet where Picard goes to the planet with the other captain and, you know, Dharmak and Jalada Tanagra. Yes, right, right. And so for him, like eight jokes will just be, this guy talks yeah. funny. And in this one, you know, the whole thing with the Domjot game of the Gnosticans, of course, is based on the TNG episode where we flash back to Picard's younger life. He gets stabbed through the heart by the Gnosticans for cheating at Domjot. And that's one of the seminal events of his life that leads to him becoming the captain. Right. And then Q shows him that if he hadn't been that kind of person, that he would have lived a completely different life. So that scene on its surface, I, I think will probably still work, but it occurred to me, like I was laughing hysterically as it was happening because, you know, there there's the Domjot table, there's the Nausicaans, like it just mm-hmm, playing out mm-hmm. like perfectly symmetrically, like that moment in that episode. So the layers of humor were so much deeper for obviously Star Trek fans. And again, you could look at that on the surface and just be like, okay, these just, just some obnoxious aliens and everything else and, and miss that nuance. But do you guys have any thoughts about that this season or, or maybe just this, this show, if there's any sort of concern that it could start alienating people who are not like hardcore Trek fans?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean like the whole listing of all the tropes of, I mean, it's funny, like, you know, when I started making notes on it, I'm thinking that they probably mentioned four things that, you know, could, could bring a, a, a character back, but they list like eight or 10. Yeah. Um, a lot, tons of tropes here. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like, I think, I think that the show itself is funny. Like, I think, you know, the, the mischief these guys get up to and that kind of stuff, but the, and there is, there is a bit of explanation as to, as to that kind of stuff, but like the whole mystery of, I mean, even as a, as a seasoned Trek fan like myself, as soon as I saw Shaxx, I was like, he's imagining something, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as the show went on and then Shaxx actually walks into the room and they go, you know, they of you know, it, it really is Shaxx comeback, right? Um that to me like that that was you know it's it's you know from I know from one episode to another, like you know they killed off Tashiar, but they never brought her back, well, actually, I mean if they did bring her back, take that back
3: in like multiple different ways,
2: yeah, but you but you know what I mean, like 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 you know, like the red shirts always died in the first series, right, yeah. like if you had a red shirt on you were, you were done for, right, although there were a few done, that was a few times when that that wasn't necessarily true, but. But in most cases, right? Like, because there were some red, some ladies wearing red dresses that survived. But um, uh, yeah, just just sort of the convenience ways of you know, it's a it's a forty-hour uh, storyline. You know, they have the main characters. Everything happens. like the the whole irony of the lower decks um, motive is is interesting because you know every week you watch Star Trek, you only see that one shift of crew, right? you never see like the night shift or the afternoon shifter and it's always you know well, you do see people come and go on the on the calm like the the, the people piloting the ship but it's always you know there's only one number one there's only one picard you know there's no alternate captain and they kind of do have that later on in the show like in, in other episodes but or in the movies as well but you know and the fact that you know all the all the the bridge crew or bridge commander level people have to be able to fly even you know so that that um the therapist, what's her name? Um, Counselor Troy. Troy, oh, yeah. She ends up flying the ship at one point. Of course, she manages to crash it into the planet. That's another story.
3: Um,
2: you know, we cannot let her live that
3: down. Not now, yeah, not no, ever. We,
2: <laughs> not ever. Well, it wasn't really her fault. Riker helped. Riker had her do that. But, um, but the, you know, the sort of, this the, the way that they always had to have, they always had, like, I mean, like even just the idea of a transporter, right? I mean, the reason why the transporter was invented wasn't about, you know, splitting a person's beams and sending them to one planet to another because they didn't have the budget to land a spaceship on the planet Mm -hmm. you know they didn't have the galileo at the at the the onset of the show so their way of, of coming up with with transporting down to the planet is to beam you down kind of thing right and you know when you when you examine the the original series and something i talked about many many times over my lifetime of watching that show is it was always sort of, I mean, you know, I think in my 20s and 30s, I started realizing it's always spreading the American way throughout the universe sort of thing, right? Um, to the point where they even have the the, the people reading, you know, bastardizing the, the Pledge of Allegiance in one show, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it they've always had a way of writing these conveniences into things, right? So, um, but coming back to it, like, so, so to the original question is, yeah, I think the show is funny in its own way, but... It's kind of like the Simpsons or the Flintstones are really written for adults, right? Mm-hmm. But the kids can watch it. You know what I mean? They won't get the the jokes that kind of go over their heads. But but,
3: but that's the thing is, it, is it's written for a different generation. Like, you know, again, yeah. I, I mentioned that this is the 800th Trek episode. Yeah. It's not requiring that you know everything about all 800 of those episodes, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. And that's a commitment that, like, if I said to my son, hey, by the way, I know you're enjoying the show, but if you really want to get all the layers, you've yeah. got about three months worth of TV watching to get to.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a lot. And I think I think most of the people I've talked to who like this show are are tried and true truck fans, right? You know, the ones who really, really enjoy it. So I, is that, I is haven't heard a anybody say, people people don't like Discovery. Yeah, Trek fans, but but they do like this show.
3: Okay, but is that is that a perpetual limitation? Will there always be a bit of a cap on this because of I mean, as I say, there's there's plenty of broad humor. There's plenty to enjoy just on on a surface level if you just enjoy cartoons, sci fi, you know, just funny shows. But will it always be sort of capped as far as, you know, what you'll like, what a broader audience will get out of it?
2: I think I think there's a I think there's an opportunity for like like there's a lot of name dropping in in this show right like you know like the, the whole Easter egg stuff that we saw last week with the collector this week you know we we talk about nossigans we talk about um, Wars Batleth, we talk about uh, a lot of Voyager stuff like the 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 Chicote, we talk about um, the Kazon well and Tom Paris and,
3: right like you, and Tom pre- pres- Paris yeah so, so and, of, and understand Voyager. and the
2: Salamander joke right yeah. I mean so the whole all of that kind of leads, you know, to, you know, if I was coming at this from, I'd never seen this before, I would probably go off and investigate those things, right, and find out, you know, maybe on YouTube clip or something like that or or go watch those shows to try and find out what the salamander joke was about kind of thing, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I couldn't remember what a Kazon was until I until I went back and watched it again. But I did recognize the fact that Boiler was kind of looking red, and, of course, you know, so when he gets confronted by, when Paris confronts him, you know, the k was one of the was one of the protagonists on Voy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it does save a lot of time to say it that way. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, I think I think it's you know, it's it's good. I mean, like there, are, like I like I can't remember the name of the the Billups, right? I couldn't remember his name, right? So there's kind of there's some things on this show that Like I didn't remember that Mariner's first name was Beckett, you know, until till well, said we, and it. And we but, knew
3: that uh, that Tendy's name was Devana. We knew that from last season. Did we? Okay, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. See, I, I had forgotten that too. But I mean, so so there's, and you know, and then there's a whole backstory now that got exposed in this one. That that this is actually um, Mariner's sixth assignment, right? So there's there's opportunities there for for that for more 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 humor, right? So um, backstory, yeah. I, I, yeah. But uh, you know, as as somebody who's new to this, I would probably would go back, and that's how I kind of approach these things, right? I would go back and want to want to go back. I think I, like for instance, I started watching Game of Thrones in season two or three, right? And then I decided I want to go back and start from episode one and work my way forward, right?
3: Yeah, but I refer you to my previous statement about the eight hundred episodes. Yeah. Uh, you don't need
2: to. You don't need to watch 800 episodes to get this show.
3: I know, but right? what do you like? How far into the well do you have to go? Again, last week I think it was Jaime nailed it with the uh, the, the you yeah. know the Spock's bones from the animated series from yeah. the 70s. Yeah, which she like... had
2: to go to, he had to go to the internet and, and, and Google as well, right?
3: Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. How about you, Jaime?
1: It would be interesting to see the balance here because um, I think you're right in that they ideally should balance it so that you can enjoy the sh- each you know season and an episode very completely without having to know the 800 some episodes of of content mm-hmm. but it should be better when you do know and the more you know of the 800 episodes of content the deeper it should get so that's that's something that'll be interesting to to sort of gauge especially since you can use your your uh, your son as like a gauge of like all right There's a limitation as to how much he's possibly seen. Does he still get it? Does he still enjoy it? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean he'll get all the references. That's true. Um, But is it still enjoyable? And that's probably the good barometer for uh, are they hitting the right sort of level or are they going too deep into the this is for the mega fans who are arguing on Daystrom Institute on uh, reddit or something right
3: yeah i just wonder if it's one of those things too like we have in the past this season because of just circumstance uh we haven't been watching the first few episodes together and so obviously he he gets what he gets and that's fine in the past there have been times where you know something will happen on the show and i will laugh hysterically and he will press pause yeah. and go what's wrong with you
2: yeah, like I why
3: with you. why are you laughing like what am i not getting so yeah yeah
2: so some some side notes here um jen is her is the name of the, the annoying andorian lieutenant is played by lauren Lapkus, who's a comedian
3: yeah she's remember, on uh for, we're right? New black
2: yeah and other things too yeah. um and what was her oh, oh and, and so it's reading here on imdb that they're saying the play on the name is from uh <laughs> they're saying that the we'll always have tom paris is a play on we'll all have always have paris from tng but I go back and say, no, no it's, it's actually a line from Casablanca, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is why I mentioned uh, Humphrey Bogart for those of you transporting at home. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, I just, yeah, I love how you know, the internet takes over the, the next generation, takes over the, the memes, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm looking at you, next generation.
3: All right. Do so you want to move on to what if?
2: What if? As if,
3: all right. Well, let's move on to what if. So what if the was... world lost its mightiest heroes? Yes, this, this was a, this episode. was a, a bit of a departure from our first two episodes, which were overall pretty fun, light adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think overall both the both the first two episodes were sort of humorous and light. This one was devoid of humor. It was like a murder mystery. A straight-up murder right. mystery. And it was interesting. You know, I don't... We obviously we need to do a full recap just to know that, like, it basically explores the premise what if the Avengers never got together? Uh, and sort of explores this, this you know, mystery as as all the original Avengers through the, through the course of the story, uh, which sort of overlaps the time frame of Iron Man 2, Incredible Hulk, and um, Thor right what if all the characters died and then sort of the murder mystery surrounds you know how why who all that stuff it was uh yeah it was a bit of a bit of a i found it a bit of a left turn what did you guys think
2: yeah i, I don't know it's and so is this are, we're supposed to think this is a uh, uh like these three shows we watched so far it's not necessarily the same timelines right no but they're they're all from different
3: yeah. parts of the multiverse yeah whether or not parts of them overlap in the future, I guess will play mm-hmm. out over the course. We're we're now one third of the way through this season of what if, and still well, it was well, there's no sense of cohesion other than the watcher saying, Hey, check it out. Something weird happened over here.
2: Yeah. I think that it, it was interesting from the point of view of like the, that Sam Jackson's uh, character always um, says uh, Nick Fury always says, you know that the the Avengers is a concept, not necessarily these particular people. Mm-hmm. Which I think is the storyline, because it, it, you know. And then I I was also, I'm sure you weren't, but when when at the end when he's fighting against the protagonist and he and he multiplies into multiple uh, Nick Furies, I'm like, where is he getting these powers from? Right? Yeah, no, I know, I had
3: that one figured out.
2: Yeah, yeah, you figured that yeah. one out. And then and then you know the, the the turn at the end, you know the how to sort of man sort of twist at the end um you know i'm not going to spoil that for people who haven't seen it yet but um that was kind of an interesting concept too right because you know we have that that character that that you know we've mentioned previously in the last two episodes her reviews of that right coming back and having a a different role now because you know with thor out of the way it opens up the door for a whole bunch of things right Mm -hmm. um yeah especially with thor out of the way you know yeah uh succession and all that stuff right but um uh, you know, I thought it was interesting, I, and and again, this the the Ant Man guy was he? He wasn't called Ant Man when it was the Michael Douglas character, was it?
3: So he was Michael Douglas was Ant Man uh, in the First flash in the flashback scenes. He was the original Ant Man in the flashback scenes in the Ant Man movie where we get Maybe, introduced yeah. to Paul Rudd as the and
2: his wife ends up in gets stuck in the other universe. Yes, whatever, right? but his, or, and or his or
3: daughter lives um, right. Yeah, but he's and, talking about
2: he's 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 complaining to Nick Fury about the fact that his his wife is still stuck. Right. Yes. And nobody's helping her or whatever. Yes.
3: That's why he's angry. Right. That's one of the reasons why. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And in this one, he seems to be wearing what looks like the yellow jacket armor from um, from the Ant-Man movie. And
2: but that's the earlier version,
3: right? No, the yellow jacket is the one that his protege uh, oh, develops. Right the who's going to sort of try and replicate his experiments and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the idea is that and in the comics, I guess it makes a little more sense because in the comics, when Hank Pym keeps changing his identity, he goes from uh, Ant-Man to giant man to Goliath to uh yellow jacket is one of his aliases in the comics. And at one point, uh, he has like a mental breakdown when he's yellow jacket and um, and there's sort of ram- big ramifications of that. He ends up getting kicked out of the Avengers. He uh, in the storyline from the 1980s, he beats his beats his wife. Um, you know, it's one of the first sort of, you know, social things where they were talking about spousal abuse in the in comics. So it makes sense for him to be in that yellow jacket armor. It's yet another clue that he's sort of off his off his nut in this one, but um, yeah, I, 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 thought it was, it was okay. I, I will be honest that the thing that really didn't sit with me on this one is that while we had Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury, uh, uh and, and, uh, Clark Gregg was, was back as Coulson and that was nice. And we did yeah. have some other voices like Mark. Okay. So there was a couple things like uh, Tom, Tom Hiddleston came back and played Loki. That's cool. But it was clearly not um, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. It was a a, a voice actor named Mick Wingert. Hmm. Rumlow came back and it was actually Frank Grillo playing uh, Rumlow, but then the one that really took me out of it was that it was Black Widow was not uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, It was... uh, Sorry, I wrote her name down in here. Where did I write it? Um, But yeah, it was a completely different actor and same thing with Jennifer Connelly wasn't the voice of Betty Ross it was an actress named Stephanie Penicello right and even weirder than that it that one threw me off by the way that I
2: I was trying to figure out was that supposed to be the Jennifer Connelly character because it it
3: would just they didn't even look like her and it didn't sound like her so it was really weird but Mm -hmm. then they also subbed in Mark Ruffalo in the Incredible Hulk era even though that role was played by Edward Norton so that was even right. weirder or Eric Banna too, right? Well, it could have been Banna, but it would have made sense to be Norton because that was at least in the time frame. But I understand like there was a bit of acrimony in that split between Norton and Marvel. So that clearly wasn't okay. going to happen. So it makes sense to make it Ruffalo and and you're almost retroactively saying, well, it was always Ruffalo, but it was kind of weird to have that all come together. Like it just for a moment or two, it took me out of the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it, the mystery was was good. I, I mean, I I kind of pieced together where it was probably going, but the the voice acting, particularly not Scarlett Johansson being in it, really mm-hmm. threw me off. Sorry, it was Lake Bell was the actress who did that, and she's actually a, a, a known actress. She's actually quite good. I've seen her in a few different things, but I did not find her. I didn't find her performance bad. I, what I found was it just sat very weird that that wasn't her voice. It wasn't Jennifer Connelly's voice. It wasn't, you know, it, it just took me out of the moment a few times. And it, and I haven't, I know it, we've had a few sub voices in so far, but this was the one where it was the most glaring where I was like, Oh, that doesn't sound right.
2: hundred percent. Yeah. I found that. I found that confusing because you know, like it, can't claim to always know who people are, you know, when I first heard her talk, I thought was this supposed to be the the Natalie Portman character, you know, mm-hmm. and then, then I realized that she was the doctor from the, the Hulk era, right? Yeah. But, um, but her father was the same character though, right?
3: Uh no he was not I, that would have been that would have been a really big get because that was William Hurt who of course is a, a right. very famous actor uh no mm-hmm. it was a voice actor named Mike McGill playing that role and the other one that took me out well, was nice to have Hiddleston and they even had um, Jamie Alexander being being Lady Sif um, but they. And and they had the Warriors three, but they just stood in the background, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but they even had Captain Marvel do a couple of of um, you know cameo scenes, and was was not um, Brie Larson. I, I, I was going to say Allison yeah. Brie, and no, I was some Brie in there. Brie Larson. Uh, yeah, no, it was a voice actor named Alexander Daniels, and that one again was just like not right. So yeah, again, not a bad episode. I didn't think it was it was poorly done i think maybe after the surprise of that voice mix has sort of abated maybe i'll watch it again and it'll be a better watch but that <laughs> that kind of just sort of took me off and also i think yeah it was just it was just also I felt like the tone of the first two were so much lighter that this one, I kept waiting for it to sort of spin a little bit. And there was a couple of funny mm-hmm. lines, the line about, um, you know, uh, Colson's password being Steve, 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 I heart Steve, 0704 made me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. talking about, uh, Thor's, you know, luscious hair and his nice smell, but overall it was pretty heavy episode you know like seeing your favorite characters get picked off one by one it was pretty grim so it was a little weird
0: mm, yeah
3: i made good thumbs up thumbs down
1: yeah i think this one's darker like you know all these people uh, all these characters die uh was a, a little bit throwing me um some of the implications are interesting that if fury has to bring in captain marvel so early is that ended up solving and avoiding a lot of problems because Captain Marvel's pretty OP. It's like bringing in Superman and saying, yeah, we don't need green arrow. (laughs) Superman can take care of this problem. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the voices. Maybe I just had different expectations for the voices. It didn't bother me when they were different because I, I don't know. I guess I looked at it as more like all of those Saturday morning cartoons. I was like, oh yeah, that does, you know, that's a, totally different person than the person from the movie
3: it's just weird so, that it's half and half i think
1: yeah the the mixture is a little weird i guess it's just more like um my mind is thinking of it as like oh that's either the actual actor or they found somebody who sounds like them yeah right mm-hmm. like un- until you mentioned on the show that that was actually chadwick boseman i 100 percent assumed that it was a voice actor that was doing an impression of of boseman uh as black panther um so I don't know. I, I guess to each their own. But that's that's certainly something for them to consider. Of like, is it better to have uh, completely different voices, or is it better to mix and match? Given that it's probably not practical to have every single actor do their their voice acting for this series.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, I think honestly it was just that it was that they had done, they'd set a really high bar. Like they had gotten not everybody. There was certainly, there was a couple in the first one, but this was the first one. Also, this one was pretty grand in scale too. <laughs> it gives the original Avengers, right? You know, Jeremy Renner was there. That was cool. They got obviously uh, Sam Jackson. Like they didn't, it wasn't a complete, you know, uh, miss, but it was just so oh, weird yeah. that it went from like pretty high bar to like kind
2: of half and half well see i was first thing i was thinking when when i saw black widow in the character or um what's her name in real life but um when i saw her in in the show i'm thinking oh this is cool they've got their scarlett johansson is still getting some some uh some work out of this this uh, uh thing but maybe it was availability maybe you know like, oh, yeah to get all those voice actors into the room is one thing but i mean we all know that Scarlett Johansson is Black Widow. So, why why would they have to go to a different actress like Belle in this case, um, unless there was some scheduling thing or COVID or whatever got in the or way? Or money.
3: I right? mean, frankly, you know, or money. I don't know how yeah. much money they're offering them to do uh, these episodes versus what they would have done as a performer uh, doing a full, obviously, audiovisual. But if you think
2: about it, all the voices that were in the last episode, right? Yeah. They they pretty much had everybody there, right? Like you mentioned last week, that it was like a, a really crazy cast. That must have cost them a, a, penny, a pretty penny. I don't know. I don't know that that this show doesn't have the kind of budget that it needs, right? I can't. Like
3: Disney. Like, come on. Like, yeah. And, and, and well, t- t- exactly. Tell you what, this must take my money from Disney Plus and help chip in to pay for. Yeah, but
2: but <laughs> but, but the thing about it is is that they. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it was a scheduling thing. There had to be some reason why they couldn't get the voice actor to do the, the, the part. Well, I mean, Again,
3: frankly, clearly it's probably they not can. part of their contract. They could just say, go get stuffed. I'm not going to be on your cartoon. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, by the same token, though, like, you know, you, you get, you know, we've had, you know, Superman's and we've had Batman's and we've had Star Wars's over the years, you know, animated versions of... Mm-hmm. That don't always have like 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 you you keep telling me that the Batman guy is a completely different dude in in the animated series than any of the actors that have played yep. you know Batman right
3: yep. Kevin Conroy uh, the the voices yeah. the, the
2: legendary and then, voice. you know and Luke and uh, Mark Hamill is the Joker mm-hmm. and you know but he's you know been for a while um, you know he does a lot of voice work actually you mm-hmm. know but it, it, you know it's interesting that that you mentioned this whole you know kind of uh, continuity I guess is is your point right in terms of like as a as a watcher, you want to know that this your your familiarity is built around the voice of the character as well as the look. Because I thought that the look of Black Widow in this one was wrong.
3: It did seem a little off. It did. Yeah. Like
2: even if it was Scarlett Johansson, which it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right? If it was Scarlett Johansson. The drawing was wrong for Scarlett Johansson's do you, face. Right? Do
3: you just have okay. like a like a tiny piece in your mind thinking? Do you wonder if they like change the animation just a little because Scarlett Johansson sued them? Well, it, <laughs> totally. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I think, I'm sure
2: this was this has been in the can for for a long time. You know, just this was like, like you know what? We're not giving you a yeah. dime for likeness rates. To hell with you. Yeah, just sue us. Yeah, let, let's let's put it completely different. Let's put um, <laughs> fire up the rendering <laughs> yeah, that's engines. Right. Gotta,
3: yeah, we gotta well, get it's, this it's ready. It's a
2: drawing. It's a drawing. You can change it. You don't think rate, Disney
3: but, has the money and the wherewithal to like yeah, change yeah, somebody's appearance yeah. on, a, on a show out well, of spite? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think they but do. Where
2: I was going, where I was going with this is okay. As you know, I just flew back WestJet from from uh, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. and I happened to get on the plane, and, and through happenstance, I ended up with a new phone last year. And I use I always carry. I used to always carry a couple of movies on my either my iPad or my or my iPhone. In both cases, they both got refreshed last year, so. They, their little brains get wiped and all the data doesn't necessarily get restored when you when you do a restore, right? So I didn't have any movies on my thing, but I just happened to to remember I had my Mac with me and I carry on my Mac a copy of Star Wars, the original cut mm. from DVD, right? And so I'm sitting on the plane, I'm thinking like I've got nothing else to do, you know, just got like i got to kill an hour. So I plugged in the USB and I dumped the Star Wars because um, it's too small for me. The plate, seats are too small for me to open my 13-inch Pro, mm. which is ridiculous. But anyway, so I copied the movie over to my iPhone and I watched Star Wars as it was released in 1977 on my iPhone. You know, with the original titles, with the scroller with that doesn't say A New Hope. And I watched this thing and I got all the way up to the part where they, they're rescuing or they're in the they're in the trash compactor before the plane landed, right? But and I've not I you know I put Star Wars on all the background. If it's on the TV in the background, I'll I'll put it on and I'll you know do my stuff and I'll kind of look up at the shit the thing. I've seen it a thousand times, so it's not like I need to, to watch it again. But because I was stuck in this situation where I'm watching Star Wars and I'm paying attention to every detail in the movie, right? I'm watching it thinking to myself this is already a very good movie. Yeah, there was some corny acting and some some whatever, but I still maintain I have no idea why George Lucas felt he had to fix this movie. Like even the scenes at Mos Eisley where you know like he had actors walking back and forth, and he had robots going you know droids going back and forth, he had like you know the large animals sort of painted or or whatever macked up in the in the background. You know the scene with the Jawas and and the the transporter that picks up the the two droids, you know even even the stormtroopers on the desert sands because I remember watching a clip once when he first did the redo about you know how much better it was going to be with these droids when or sorry with the stormtroopers when they're looking and then he picks up the 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 ring the bearing ring and says look sir droids you know that scene mm-hmm. um, again it's like again I I I'm I'm dumbfounded as to why the 1977 version of Star Wars had to be retouched, what, three, four times, right? But, because it's always bothered me, like, you're bothered by, the, and we're both bothered, I guess, by the fact that there weren't in, in, you know, the people we expect to be voicing these characters in this show, right? In the same way that, you know, it was the first time I sat down and actually paid attention to this movie, you know, as I would have seen it in 77, in and thought to myself, like, as I'm watching it, I have no idea what the hell George Lucas was thinking when he redid these shows. And I've maintained that all along, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, his contention was that he never got to exercise his vision because of time, technology, mm, and yeah. resources. Yeah. And so, in his mind, what was presented on screen, while we love it and we think that it's visionary, yeah. Yeah. he yeah. feels like it never met his vision. Well, I don't I mean, like that-, that decision to continue tinkering with it, but he's the artist. I don't know. I I still think the best solution is for that version to be available so that if people feel nostalgic and want to watch that version, they can again.
2: uh, Same with Blade Runner. I mean, like it would be nice to be able to watch the original. I mean, I have four copies of Blade Runner because there are four different versions of it. Right. So, yeah.
3: I mean, I I think that is probably the, the most logical way to approach it, but I don't know. I mean, if, you know, if Leonardo da Vinci comes back and wants to, you know, repaint the Mona Lisa and said, I get those two, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> then, you know,
2: which is apparently a self portrait by the way. I don't know if if I know. he
3: takes that down off the wall and says, you know, I never really liked her smile. I could never capture it. But now with today's technology, I can whip yeah. that sucker into Photoshop and I could put the better smile yeah. on her. Yeah. Is that wrong? I don't know. You're an artist. Tell me. You know. Do you think well, an artist yeah, is I can, allowed I can tell to, to tell you, continue working as, on their art as, past its original? I can tell you, as
2: an artist, as an artist, most of us, if not all of us, are never satisfied with the finished product, right? But at some point, you have to pull the gun, pull the trigger, and say it's done. Otherwise, you're, I mean, I know people who, like, I have friends who have been writing iOS. I um, mean, probably knows this too. Friends of mine who have been writing iOS apps for ten years, and they will never. Hmm release it because they never are hundred percent satisfied that it's ready mm. and done. Right. But I learned from, I learned my, one of my, my art teacher in high school said every great artist needs someone behind them with a, with a, a hammer or a bat to hit you over the head when you're done.
3: Well, and that I think in this case is to obviously stop
2: you from make, messing yeah, with it. Right? In this
3: case, it was 20th century Fox basically saying, Hey, we got this window to get this movie out. We've given you millions of dollars to make it. It's going yeah. out the door on this date. And I guess the artist in him basically said, you know, I had to compromise my vision because of that. And therefore, I don't have to go. Uh, I don't. (laughs) I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying I understand that that perspective as an artist. Yeah. The problem, I think, is that he's been so steadfast in saying that old version should never exist. But
2: you, you remember, you remember when Jurassic Park first came out, right? Oh yeah, like, the like how groundbreaking that trans, that Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rex and how groundbreaking those those dinosaurs were. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that was what Star Wars was to sci-fi movies, oh, yeah. right? Because it was like the first time they'd used computer-controlled. Um, cameras on the spaceships because before you know a spaceship would go across the screen and the smoke would go up you know like that's how much attention to detail put it put into into the movie i mean like 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 it was mind-boggling the first time you know that the the was it the blockade runner is trying to escape the big giant you know destroyer class ship right when that destroyer ship comes across the top of the screen and keeps coming in, keeps coming and keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That was an amazing thing to watch in 70 millimeter, mm. right? Like, cause we didn't have IMAX bank then, you know? So, so, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I think that, and I, I still maintain to this day, like, like if people want to watch this, get into the Star Wars, um, world, they should start with a new hope. Mm. Right. And yeah, it's janky and it's a 1977 movie, but Put that up against Revenge of the Nerds, which I started watching today, which I've never seen before. But you know, like it's light years ahead of it in terms of in terms of quality and whatever. I even watched a bit of Spaceballs which was on today. Oh uh, right?
3: speaking of that scene as it cuts across the sky, that's one of the best yeah. parodies of yeah. that ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah, or or the part where the transporter you can't get the transporter to work, and he says, "You know what? I'll just walk." walk to the next room. Next, next room.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Jaime, what's? Uh, I, you're the you're the tiebreaker on this one. Is it is yeah. it is it an art, artistic vision or is it uh, uh, you know nonsense? for which specific part cuz we well, we for, were talking about a th- lot of it, for it in the there. Star Wars the, thing I think
2: well are we talking about what if or are we talking about well i mean i mean I, the star wars thing was 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 a response to the analogy to the the question of whether or not having the right voice actors and the right drawing in the in the show compromised the value, the, the the look and feel of this show and like you know did could you buy into it if it was the wrong voice actors I mean, they spoil this by having Chadwick Boseman and all the, the great characters in the last ep- last two episodes, right? Yeah, you
3: know. Well, that's, I think that they, they are almost as suffering in their own fate. It, they they basically set such a high bar, right? Yeah. So that's the question, Jaime.
1: I I guess I lean towards the um, I'm I'm fine if folks go in and tinker with stuff as long as they make the original or various versions available, right? Yeah. Like we've talked about. Um, the like multiverse of versions of blade runner and yet you can watch them all and you can decide which one you want is the best for you i think i'd like to see the same for star wars like i'm not have i don't have problems with uh, like the special editions existing yeah um, i don't either i don't like the fact that they exist in lieu of everything else yeah, yeah that just seems right. unnecessary
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so like, like to me, and I've said this before, you know, there are, to me, there are good and bad Star Wars movies. There are good and bad Star Treks. Right. But to me, any Star Wars is good Star Wars and any Star Trek is good Star Trek. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, like discovery, put discovery up against the other series. You know, maybe it, maybe it stands up. Maybe it doesn't, you know, um, we have friends we've talked to on, on the other podcasts who don't like discovery you know, I know people who like I. You know, I was speaking with somebody last week about spotcasts, and and um, and he hasn't listened to a single episode of our our podcast because we do discovery. And I sort of said to him, "Well, and that's not all we do. We do more than just discovery. We do all the other shows. We do anime. We do comic books. We do movies. You know, we do news. You know, we have a pick at the end of the thing, right? So the watch list, right? So you know, it's not just about discovery and whether you like discovery or not. But I mean, like, but you know what I mean, like, like we watch star Trek discovery because we like that universe. We like that story. Right. And they may, they may hit and miss the mark. I mean, I, I present to you season two of the entire season two of the, the the next generation,
3: right. That whole
2: thing could go away and I would not notice.
3: There's yeah. There's not a lot to love there. Uh, I present (laughs) to you star Wars rise of Skywalker. So um, again, I don't mind the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, Whereas I think it's a, one of the worst things to happen to that franchise so
2: mm, maybe maybe i just i just just before we started the reason i was whistling the star wars team at the, at the beginning of the years i just got fooled into watching a, a, a kenobi trailer thinking <laughs> oh kenobi trailer nope and i watched it and it, and it's it's ewan mcgregor and he's got you know it's it's sort of like in maybe the right time frame and then they got darth vader and then i'm like oh, wait a minute hang on a second you know I got to the very end and then then when they dropped the, you know, made with I don't know, trailer vision or whatever, and I thought, oh yeah, this isn't for real, right? Yeah. But it but it it was plausible, right? So I don't know. I could just put a John Williams soundtrack in there and I'm in. Yeah, right? really.
3: <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. He's the real star of Star Wars. All right, should we move on to
2: the watch list? I think Is that so. where we are? Good plan. Right. I think jaime mean, has got the first couple up here.
1: So if you're an HBO Max subscriber despite their hiring practices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the final dig on that topic. Um, no, the final, uh, give me a break. The, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, you get to see things like Reminiscence, which is part of the, um, you know, Warner Brothers putting all their uh, 2021 stuff on HBO Max. Uh, we watched it. We liked it as a Sunday afternoon movie. Um, Full disclosure: If you go to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics and the audience are thirty-seven and forty-one percent, respectively. So, uh, I wouldn't sign up for HBO Max just for this movie. But if you, you know you've already got it for things like uh, John Oliver's Last Week Tonight or other things, it's uh, it's worth a Sunday watch. It's uh, it's entertaining. I don't know why folks dinged it so hard. Um, but uh, so oh, it's out remind now. me, remind of,
3: me a, of the plot of that one. I I must admit that one yeah. slipped through my cracks there.
1: The, the, concept, the, the concept is you have Hugh Jackman playing a character in a um, post-climate change has gone horribly wrong world where they're in Miami and it's basically Venice because of all of the uh, the water that has uh, risen up for the water uh, level. And people don't live too uh, too great of a life, so many of them spend money for um the ability to replay their best memories so that's what hugh jackman and his partner do they have a device that they can sort of talk you through you know this is a time when you were happiest and you see a nice visualization of like what that person's memory was Hmm. and then he's he falls in love with a woman who disappears under mysterious circumstances. And he spends the rest of the movie trying to investigate and figure out what the heck happened to her mm. and discovers, you know, more things that were going on. So it's got some cool, you know, sci-fi concept there of, you know, the the basic techniques of being able to, to see people's memories and, and the implications of, of being able to do that. Uh, I don't know why people dinked it so hard. It You know, it's... Uh, it's maybe like the prestige. I don't think this is one of those huge movies uh, for a Hugh Jackman movie. This is a, I love you the know, prestige. Like I think it's movie. a
3: great movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, maybe cult classic is what this will be in the future. Um, but uh, again, worth a Sunday afternoon watch.
3: Hmm. All right. It's got the Jaime Lopez stamp of approval. I'm in. I
1: think. Yeah. Uh, although people may, you know, change their minds on my, my next one here, which is uh, <laughs> sh- titled here Shockingly Paw Patrol the Movie um especially if you have young kids who enjoy the tv show so we put this one on as largely a background filler one um you know to kill some time of what we're doing some other stuff and uh, you know it's actually better than i thought so i'm not super familiar with the paw patrol you know canon uh, i am aware that it's it's probably like a nickelodeon show or something i think it, yeah it's clearly a tv it, show it's for, for, it's for kids yeah. yeah yeah it's for like young kids like oh you know this dog small is dogs. A, small dogs this, can enjoy it too Right. <laughs> this dog is a police officer. This one's a construction worker. This one's a uh pilot, a helicopter pilot or something. Um sounds very unsafe.
2: So you you watched it because it was it's in the theaters here now, right? Yeah, and
1: it it was um how did we watch it? I think it might be Paramount Plus. Mm. I don't I actually don't recall how we saw this this uh, movie, but we were able to watch it uh for free here. <laughs> the audience Score and the I oh, was getting a subscription money, yeah. Really, books. you're really taking advantage yeah. of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is 77%, but the audience score is 98%. Well, so this would be great for putting in front of a yeah, kid and just sit there and watch it, right? And you know, I could see some tropes that they were going for. I was like, okay, okay, you know, I can tell that this character is very clearly going to be the new member of the team, there's going to be a new vehicle for them which obviously means more you know new toys but it it did it pretty well i was like okay these are dog you know dog avengers <laughs> dog <laughs> yeah. justice league is what the what yeah. this crew is so And there's here's the a, next
2: time next time you have a chance watch the octonauts it's, it's basically thunderbirds with uh with under undersea animals
1: okay i'll i'll, I'll have to check that out because this one i said oh i was kind of impressed that sort of the main arc for one of the characters one of the main characters is how they have this traumatic past and it's impacting their performance in the here and now. I did not expect that from a little kid's movie. Right. So maybe, (laughs) maybe I read deeper into it than you're really meant to as a full fledged adult. Um, I will also note that whoever the dog is, that is um, the, the underwater aquatic one is kind of the Aquaman of this. (laughs) And I don't mean Jason Momoa Aquaman. I mean, like, 70s super friends TV show Aquaman of like why do they even bring this dude on most of the the, the things everybody else has you know vehicles that can move on ground or vehicles that can fly it seems like they should only call that dude in when it specifically involves water right um, but again uh, I think it's good for those of you who have young kids who uh, would enjoy that and if you sit down on the couch and watch it with them I I think you will not be annoyed i think like oh yeah okay cool nice little movie
2: yeah yeah it's like one of those things like when when jonathan's when the number one fan of Spotcast was little cars got a lot of traction (sighs) right the cars movie
3: it's the movie i've seen second most in my life
2: you've only seen it twice no the one i've seen second second most most. yeah yeah, yeah, i've seen star
3: wars the most yeah. Number two is Cars. I have yeah. probably seen you that gotta movie. You got to turn left to go right, John. You got to turn left <laughs> to go right. Without exaggeration, I've probably seen that movie a hundred times. Or is it
2: right to go left? I can't remember. You got right, to go go right, right to right go right to left. You got to go right to go left. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. All right. I think, Jonathan, you're
3: up, right? Yeah, I got a couple things. Uh, so one of them I forgot to mention last week was the premiere of the new season of Archer. Archer season 12 came out this week on FXX in the United States. Here mm-hmm. in Canada, I believe it's car, comedy, no, uh, Adult Swim, maybe? Um, one of those One two. of those two. Uh, one of my favorite shows. I love it. It always makes me laugh. I wasn't sure what to So here's a question
2: I have for you. Do you have to watch all 12 seasons to get... The 12th season
3: uh no i i don't think so i mean it it certainly helps because now they're kind of riffing off of uh your understanding of the characters and mm-hmm. not necessarily like telling in jokes and stuff like that but they do a lot of lifting uh, a lot of humor based on just you understand these characters so well the, the main eight characters on the show have been Together for sort of 12 years or 12 seasons, anyways. So it's really, they really have it down tight. And so they don't waste a lot of time trying to bring you on board to get to know what's happening a lot. You really are just sort of jumping in uh that being is said archer's mother still in the show though She or? is yeah i was gonna say that so jessica walter she did record uh for this season before she uh, unfortunately passed away early this year so this will be her her swan song as a as a member of the cast uh they haven't said if they're doing any more after this and i don't know if this wraps everything up or how they're going forward with it but the first two episodes came out this week uh, they were funny i did laugh my butt off i do very much love that show. I do recommend, uh, I know it's on Netflix here in Canada. You can go back and watch it. It is such a funny show. It's so well done. Uh, H. John Benjamin and Aisha Tyler in particular are just a freaking riot on that show. And uh, I, I just, I just love it so much. I'm so glad it's back in new episodes. Uh, next one was one that I I did not know I needed, but damn I need it, is uh, there's a new Disney Plus show coming on September 1st called Doug Days. And Doug Days is based on Doug the Dog from the movie Up, the Pixar movie. Oh, Up. really? And hmm. it will have uh, the familiar, yes, the Fitzworld. I will have many uh, jokes based on, obviously, that. And um, they released a little... 30-second trailer the other day, which I've included in the show notes. It's very, very funny, even just that little section. Uh, it, I don't know if it's Ed Asner coming back to do the voice. I know Ed's uh, quite quite elderly at this point. I don't know if he's the one actually doing the voice or if they've got somebody who's to sound alike, but um, yeah. So apparently they're bringing the gang back together. This is the first property, as far as I know, since the DVD uh, of... Up came out, there was a bonus little short movie on there, which is now on Disney Plus as well. This is the first thing that they've done to sort of capitalize on Up since that original movie and then the little sort of uh, Doug's prequel story on there. So I love that character. Made me laugh hysterically. I recognize that dog uh, I live with that dog. I completely understand that dog. The idea of giving the dog the voice, you know, I am warning you, and I will not warn you again, uh, just makes me laugh. And I, they're dropping the whole season at once on September first, and I am going to watch every damn minute of that thing. It, I just love that character, and I can't wait.
2: Cool. Yeah, you know, speaking of like, just the last point on that on that the the wrong voice actor kind of sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never liked Kermit the Frog's voice after Jim Henson passed away. Nope.
3: Same. Yeah. It always sounds wrong. And I'll be honest, I've gone to the extent that I am a massive Muppets fan. Love the Muppets. Absolutely Mm -hmm. love the Muppets. I still Mm -hmm. have a really tough time watching anything uh, just because it it hurts. It's not right. And it, it also just, it opens up the wound. I just, I'm so still so sad. Like he died when I was 15. It still hurts. It still is like a gaping wound every time I'm reminded of the fact that Jim is gone. It just sucks. On a lighter note. On a lighter note, I (laughs) had to put this one in here. So in celebration of this glorious moment we got a few weeks ago when uh, in the Battle of the Billionaires, uh, Jeff Bezos launched his rocket into outer space with uh, with himself and a few other people on board. Uh, they're now doing a a scale model which you can get which actually flies 400 feet in the air and wow. in case you're worried still looks like a giant penis. So if you want to own the scale model of the uh, the Blue Origin, his uh, his uh, rocket, it's 166 scale, and it can actually fly. It's going to be $69 US. You can order it now. Uh, if you, too, want to fire a large phallic object into the sky, just like Jeff Bezos, you can. Mm-hmm. Who wants a boner rocket for Christmas? Not me. That's expensive.
2: For I was I was concerned about the price of the model, but then I guess if it if it actually can fly, that's that's uh, probably why it's more expensive, right?
3: Yeah, I guess, I I assume that's why because it has to be made of enough durable material that it won't like shatter when it hits the ground.
2: Well, I mean, the rockets that use in rocketry are, are cardboard tubes, really. So it's not like a, yeah, not unheard of to have you know cheap materials for a model. But anywho, yeah, I'm I'm
1: confused. And so I watched the um. The little YouTube trailer that they have that's advertising the, you know, you can have this yourself sort of thing. How did they not cross-promote with Austin
3: Powers
1: (laughs) (laughs) where you have the character, you know, uh, Dr. Evil's uh, also similarly phallic ship goes up and they just have all the characters be like, wow, that's a giant. And then somebody else, Johnson, pay attention here. Hey, did you see the giant wiener get your wieners here these hot dogs <laughs> like i can't believe they didn't do that for the promotion yeah. Yeah. yeah i
3: i did see somebody do that uh on social somebody made that clip of of bezos's rocket and it, yeah it, it nailed it absolutely <laughs> nailed it that scene is
2: yeah, well we need a link for that on uh, for the show notes yeah so good um, uh, I've been watching a couple of different things on, um, the television, on the Apple TV plus, I started watching a show with Joseph Gordon. Lillard, Ruffet, Lillard, yeah. last mm-hmm. thing. Uh, he's, he's got a show on Apple TV called Mr. Corman, which is interesting. And it's got some sort of twisty sci-fi kind of stuff. I haven't figured out what, where it's going yet, but, uh, the trailer that I'm putting on here and I am dreading the, um, the failed attempt at, uh, Capturing Isaac Asimov's Foundation, mm. which Apple Plus has taken mm-hmm. on, coming out later in eight, in September. So a few weeks away, we will be equally disappointed or amazed. I don't know. Um, the Brave New World uh, show that was on last year, um, not on Apple TV Plus, but it was a little disappointing. Um, if you're if you're a fan of that that book, um, and I'm a huge fan of the Foundation, the whole Foundation thing. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where where this ends up going, uh and whether it was right to even put it into a film form. But that said, I mean Doom's Dune's coming out with a new version of Dune as well, right? So hopefully that'll rescue the uh the Dune tragedy that was the movie with uh Sting and um the guy from the what was his name again? Uh, oh yeah,
3: you know, uh, I know the guy you mean. Um the
2: guy from Twin Peaks. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh
3: McLaughlin yeah
2: yeah. 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 Thank you for saving the fact. There you go. But yeah, so Foundation Apple TV Plus a couple of weeks from now. And I'm going to start watching, I think I put, I mentioned that I I've started PVRing the final season. Oh my god, I can't believe it's over of The Walking Dead. I'm going to watch the last season and see how I see if I make it all the way through. <laughs> you know, cuz uh yeah, it's pretty tiring. But, Wait, so um, I I've,
1: I've only seen the commercials and they talk about final season trilogy. What in does two that parts? mean? Oh, oh it's a trilogy well they they promote it as like final season trilogy I'm like do, do you mean there's like three episodes left or do no, you no, mean no 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 it's just started. three final seasons
2: well it's I think I think they're doing the the half season nonsense right so this is the first of i thought it was half I didn't know it was thirds right but yeah I'll like I said I'll see if I make it all the way through I haven't I haven't watched Walking Dead in like three years so I mean you know to the the way that they used to lose characters on that show was, was interesting, you know. They would go off and become Starfleet captains and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Or they would stand in a doorway in the rain kind of thing. Um, look at the flowers. Yeah, look at the flowers. Yes, exactly. She's still in the show. Anyway, so that's it. I guess that's it for another week as well. So, hey, Jonathan, if people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? You can always
3: find me on Twitter and Instagram as at JPK News. And how about you, honey? Where can people find you? I'm on
2: Twitter as at devwiththehair. Right. And I am also on Twitter as T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machines where you'll find me. So until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 Bye.
1: You've been listening to the Spotcast Podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spockcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at SpotCast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotCast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash spockcast.
3: another week Ooh.
2: i know another two-hour show wow yeah i went into way too much detail on that but there was like lots of funny stuff
3: yep do yourselves a favor tonight watch the watch the doug days trailer it'll make you laugh
2: mm, i'm gonna watch the other trailers that i pasted here in the show notes yeah as well Yeah, okay, so so uh, uh, you know i wasn't going to say it during the show but i'll say it now but so you watch the paw patrol movie <laughs> Voluntarily? Yeah. So
1: on the same <laughs> Sunday afternoon we were like, well, you know, we're gonna be doing stuff here. Uh, little um You're painting the room or something? Or what it no, still uh, never but it occurred could, to me to put that on, Jaime. It wasn't yeah. that much, it's like, well, you know, it's it's a rainy day, we can't really go out. Okay. Um that was the
2: only movie that was on. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: it was something to fill just background noise. In many respects, while we were doing other stuff in the uh, living room dining room kitchen area, okay. and um you know while, was, while we were prepping lunch and while we were uh cleaning up and the other stuff, I was like you know keeping an eye on it, and then eventually was kind of browsing the internet at the same time while keeping an eye on and I was like oh this is this is better than I expected for better than static white noise kind of <laughs>
3: okay. use case."
2: Well, you'll be pleased to know there are a whole bunch of episodes of Paw Patrol you can take in now, right?
3: That's <laughs> going to be his go-to now.
2: Yep, Paw Patrol. He's going to be the Paw Patrol guy. Yeah, now he's like, a, is a man- In a manner of speaking, I guess, right? I was uh,
1: thinking about this, um, I don't even know the name of the show, there's some British television show that uh, my friends' kids watch where it's, it's kind of like Thomas the Tank Engine, where it's vehicle, or cars, I guess, where vehicles are yeah. are alive and talk, and I think they're all like, Scooters and motorcycles and stuff. Yeah, there's a bunch like that. Yeah.
2: Do you, Do you know this show? There's one. There's one with airplanes. There's, the, the kids watch all of these stuff. Yeah. Octonauts is the one that that my my granddaughter's watches all the time. She's grown on. She's grown beyond Peppa Pig, so she needs more more. And, and it's interesting because it, you know it's funny for her. The criteria is how many what the male to female ratio is, right? Hmm. Um, she doesn't like Paw Patrol because there's no not not enough girl dogs for, instance, Good right? for her.
1: Well, in the movie, they introduce spoilers. The, the new character is another girl
3: dog.
2: So what's the balance now? Like, what's the... Will it pass the Bechtel test,
1: is the
3: question. <laughs> Do the female dogs only talk about other things not related to the male dogs? Oh, I... You know,
1: we weren't watching it that closely for me <laughs> to answer One, two, three, four, five... S- wait, hold on. The movie poster is better. One, two, three... Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dogs... They add another dog, so it'd be six to two male.
3: Yeah, that's not a good ratio.
1: Not a, not a good ratio. Um, yeah, I don't know if it passes the Bechdel test, but they don't seem to lean too much into gender stereotypes. If nothing else, in this, mm-hmm. um,
3: well, it's not like the boy I dogs. Mostly- I mean, obviously, it's a vocal thing, right? It's not like they're like uh, you know carrying a veg and you know two bits there or whatever, you know, meat and two veg. It's a they're not anatomically. Correct. I I missed them. I'm well beyond uh, ch- child uh, cartoon age. I may they're not anatomically correct, are these dogs?
1: No, no, they're not. Oh, actually, I, I miscounted. I didn't realize the movie poster had so there's seven. So it's it's a little bit better at five to two. But but yeah, Paw Patrol only had the one girl who's in the uh, the T-Mobile magenta color, and I think the new one gets like a like a pinkish orange
3: so at least we're relying on color stereotypes yeah yeah so I mean
1: I guess the main the main character the one I mentioned who has the traumatic past that that affects his performance in the movie is wearing blue which is a very male character but he's also
3: a police dog Mm. so it kind of makes sense I don't know I I wonder if it's (laughs) what are we teaching kids nowadays you know like uh, police are not exactly the role models that we want to throw out there especially in America right now I don't know
1: yeah like i was kind of thinking man if only he had like a thin blue
3: line sticker on his little (laughs) backpack or something a blue you be wearing a blue lives matter t-shirt or something
0: yeah yeah (laughs) not good
3: yeah
1: yeah one sec the deliveries here will give me a sec unless you want to talk through the next thing and i'll
2: just come in and add uh i have nothing i know nothing about black canary so i'll (laughs) be right back
1: yeah
3: who delivers on a Saturday? Uh,
2: UPS. Hmm. Uber
3: Eats. Mm, that's true. It never occurred to me he'd be, he'd be eating. Wait, Jaime eats human food like people?
2: Yeah, I guess so. That's crazy. Oh, he's, he's a Texan. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but he, so you'll need steaks and blooming onions?
2: I have no idea. No, he's from El Paso. It's a different side of Texas. Oh, okay. Texas. Texas is a big state. And of course, my stupid Shush uh, app is not working again today. Oh, really? It annoys, annoys me. Yeah, it was working earlier. I was using it earlier on a Zoom call earlier, earlier today. Stupid software man. Who writes this stuff?
3: Kids in their mom's basement.
2: Yeah, kids in their mom's basement. Yeah, many a uh, successful website was launched in a mom's basement. Let me see if I double the a little bit. It was in a
3: little company called Windows Made in a Garage.
2: Uh, Well, the whole Silicon Valley, you know how we fix cars in our garage? They all fix computers in their garage. Mm -hmm. Hewlett Packard started in a garage, right? Famously. And then Apple. I don't know that um, Microsoft started in a garage per se. Yeah. That's not part of the mythos. It's just the the mythos is that Bill Gates uh, dropped out of Yale or Harvard to start the company.
3: Yeah.
2: And he was a well-off kid, so it wasn't like he was hurting anyway. Yep. Yeah.
3: It certainly does take the risk factor out of things.
2: Mm. Oh, the whole being rich, yeah.
3: Yeah, it's not hard to try flying from the trapeze when you have a safety net under you. That's mm. true.
2: Mind you, I, in those days, I mean, like, it was kind of like a, I mean, all those companies that, there were a lot of companies that got started up, you know, I mean, not not as many as, like, today, but, you know, I'm sure there were tons of failures for every, every success, right? Mm-hmm. You know? it says okay i'm back i'm back i
1: am sorry i was able to bring in the boxes and everything
2: All right yeah he was curious what, what did you get delivered on a saturday amazon delivers on saturday too yeah uh this is from a
1: company called we i think it's w-e-e or something i, I got to look it up my significant other she ordered stuff they have a lot of um asian groceries ah, so ramen and food you know candies and snacks and other stuff that we
3: yeah well that's good because yeah. my caucasian dictionary said we if they deliver it to you you send it back hmm. because <laughs> we means urine <laughs> so yeah I, I gotta see i didn't
1: actually look at the box that closely <laughs> I, i've only heard her say it i've actually haven't seen the, so the website they
2: pee on the cookies <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You. yeah all right i think we're black canary, black canary. oh it's, it's we
1: we Wee,
2: W-E-E-E,
3: so three <laughs> E's in there. Oh, that's totally different. Well, that's and, fine, then. I would sign for that.
2: But yeah. in England, we used to say wee-wee, so, I mean, you know, just throw another W in there, and you're good. Sounds good.
1: Oh, it's got All an, right. apost- oh, sorry, not a apostrophe. It's got an uh, exclamation point at the end, like oh, Yahoo. Oh,
2: there you go. Mm. There you go. I have to run, sorry. so. Okay. I mean, you have to go, I don't know, what, cook some food or it's something. It's dinner time now. Yeah, yeah.
3: Sadly, it's my dinner Bye. time too, so there we go.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can probably eat. All right, I uh, will talk to you guys
3: All later. Right. talk to you See later. You guys. Bye. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms.